Kathleen has experience in both the running uh, voter polls for elections and used to work for the state of California in uh, doing uh, taxes. Is that correct, Kathleen? Yeah, uh, senior tax auditor and investigator. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to being here tonight? Okay, well, um, first of all, I I was, um, when I first uh, moved up here to, to uh, the mountains, I had moved up here with two kids, came out of divorce and finished school at, at Cal State University, San Bernardino, and got, uh, landed a job in 99 through 2016 working for the California State Board of Equalization. And I was a sales and use tax auditor so I did sales and use tax audit, and I also did uh, special investigations. And um, boy, that was that was very very eye opening. Um, you know, uh, I was also a Democrat <laughs> at the time. Can I just say that <laughs> I was? Well, I, I used to be one too, <laughs> so I feel for you. So yeah, well, you know what? I I I was a Democrat because really, essentially, I was on uh, you know public assistance while I was going through school. I had no child support. I didn't get any help, so I was kind of, you know, in dire straits. And I was being helped through school, and you know, anyhow, that's that's how it went. And I really didn't think much beyond that, to be honest. Okay, so anyway, uh, working for the Board of Equalization, um, I started noticing things that got a little strange, started becoming very, very huckily buck around 2012, uh, Obama's second um, term. I just noticed that they started doing strange things like bringing in uh, programs for the auditors. And it was, they had this thing called the WIG program which basically blew out the water, all of all of the taxpayers' um, privacies, all all of all of the things that, you know, as auditors we held near and dear. Um, we became almost like uh, collectors, almost like we we're shaking down <laughs> uh, the uh, the poor taxpayers, and we had to report how much money we thought we could get out of them without even first going into the audit account. And I saw things getting very, very strange. And I, they started changing our language too. Started telling us words what, that- What year was this? Okay, this started about 2012 when things started getting really strange at the Board of Equalization. And what was happening is top, top, official, top people in the board were starting to get into trouble. And of course, this doesn't get in the media. <laughs> Nothing's getting in the media. But people, there was like millions of dollars suddenly missing when uh, other departments uh, started doing audits on them. Um, and, and other things started happening as we were getting closer to the, to the election. Um, what started happening, there was this, this one a gentleman, uh, his name was Nathan Miller, and he was actually Diane Harkey's um, deputy uh, assistant. And he was in our office. Well, he ended up getting, he had to step down just because of a tweet that was anti-Hillary. <laughs> and I, we well, all that's what, the, that's what the Democrats do is they, you know, you, you're, you're not allowed to 
be a Republican anymore or be anti-Democrat in any way or go after you and they will attack you publicly and slander you and berate you and get you fired because, you know, you, 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 you know, I mean, they're tyrants. That's the definition of tyranny is someone who will go after you and ruin your livelihood and credibility because you don't think like they do. Well, that's when I started really realizing something. This isn't Kansas anymore. Okay? Right. <laughs> I mean, and all there's a handful of a handful of us that were like looking at each other like Nathan just had to step down over a tweet. And so things started going very, very weird. And of course, during this time, well, in 2015, December, you know the shooter, Farouk, uh, that shot up his he and his wife shot up San Bernardino. Yep. And he worked uh, he worked on the mountain at uh, one oh, of the yes. local he worked at one of the local grocers up here. I'm not going to name the grocer. I don't want to cause any headache for no, anybody. No, but he was all over the place. He, right. he was an inspector. Right. Okay. So anyhow, so what happened was his brother worked for the Board of Equalization. And guess where his brother transferred to? <laughs> one guess. Our office down there in Riverside. Wow. And he was bragging about his brother being the shooter. Because you know that my brother's the one that shot all those people, right? Well, you know, that's I'm an expert on Islam as well. And I've done quite a number of shows on Islam. And, and that's part of their beliefs. You're either to subjugate and charge the jizzy attacks to non-believers or you're supposed to kill them. Okay, so anyhow, everyone is scared to death, and we're all trying to get, you know, work at home, do home office, and all this other stuff, because we're all freaking out, right? And the elevators are always breaking. So I'm just telling you, there was so much tension in this last year that I was working for them, okay? Mm -hmm. So much tension, and Diane Harkey is having these crazy seminars that are basically uh, helping her campaign on the taxpayer's dime. We're having to all show up at, at this reservation, you know, Indian reservation. And anyway, it was just, and they were doing like brainwashing modules telling us things are going to be different in your world and you have to learn how to adjust, you know? And this was just like so surreal. I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna last much longer here because um, I'm starting to push back. I was starting to push back they were trying to get us auditors to do very nefarious little audit procedures. And, you know, I've been there for long enough and I'm a good auditor and I knew what I was doing. And I knew that what they were doing was absolutely shady. Right. And so I would do the pushback and they said, well, you, you know what? You're not giving us the numbers that we want from this taxpayer. So you can't work at home anymore. See, that's what they do. They start punishing you and say, oh, we can't do this. We're taking away this. Oh, we're going to have to do case review now every week because you're just not getting the number that we think you should be getting, you know? And if you call them out on it, say, you know how illegal this is? I'm supposed to be unbiased. But anyway, they were targeting small business. And that's what they were doing. They were putting small businessmen out of work. So anyhow... I'm watching all this stuff getting like crazier and crazier. And then uh, towards the end of 2016, okay, right after the elections, this was the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. I come into the office. There's, again, there's maybe four of us that, you know, were Republican by this time. Everyone's moping around and they got a safety pin on them. 
And they're looking like, you know, stay away from me. You know, stay away from me. I'm not up for any conversation. And it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was just kind of like, what's going on? And we determined they're wearing that safety pin because I guess they feel threatened now because Trump, Trump won the election. But anyway, I just thought the whole thing was surreal, out of touch with reality. And I was on my way out the door. You know, I put in my paperwork to just get out because, um, you know, and with all the nepotism and just everything, just I couldn't take it anymore. So uh, that's what got me out of there. But what was interesting is right after the elections, they tell us we had to wipe our computers clean. They were going to re-image them, okay? <laughs> now, I didn't care, you know, I wasn't going to re-image anything. And they said, by the way, you better not have any secret files on you. You better not have any information, you know, from anything from the BOE, because, you know, you're going to be in for a lot of trouble if you do. And, you know, so I was okay with it. It was like, just get me out of here, because it was just too creepy. So what happened was that next year, and again, the media, you don't hear much about this. Jerry Brown goes in there and basically disassembles the whole Board of Equalization and takes all 90%. I think I'm hearing music or something in the background. Is there any way that could be turned down? Yes, of course. Hold on. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Is that better? Yeah, much better. It's kind of just annoying because I'm hearing... When okay. you're, I'm hearing that when, when you're trying to talk. Go ahead. So okay. Jerry Brown so, comes in and dismantles everything. In two, 2017, and there's a link to it. It shows what, what they did. But, you know, you'll which, never. Which link was that? And by the way, folks, I put a bunch of links to this episode down below in the uh, show description. So which link was that? That was the uh, first one. The very first one, Auditor Investigator? Uh, equalization restructured what you um, need to equ equalization restructured the, the very yeah. first one you sent me says auditor investigator okay election integrity project I'm not seeing uh, okay it's auditor investigator that link the one that goes to that okay uh, let me see what that pulls up here sorry uh, board of equalization restructured what you need yes. to know hold on just a second and I'll show that so this is uh <clears throat> after jerry brown comes in well jerry brown came in pretty much dismantled the whole thing took you know most of the power away from them because the board members because they were doing all kinds of favors and everything else for the constitu constituents and, and anyway it was a mess okay so they had us wipe our computers clean of course by this time end of the month i'm out of there they re-imaged everybody's computers. And then Jerry Brown turns around and restructures. Okay? And you're not going to hear of anything that happened in the media. I mean, people were being threatened if they said anything that they'd be fired. These are the top people. And anyway, it was a mess. Now, I met Jerry Brown once, and he's one of the most despicable people i've ever met in my life i've heard and uh what's funny is my mom met his dad when he was governor and my mom said the exact same thing about his dad i'm like oh we can compare notes but yeah he's just uh you know just an absolutely despicable person i you know and 
I couldn't believe that I ever even supported anything about the guy or, you know, anything whatsoever, but uh, just a complete scoundrel. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, after this whole episode, you know, I was feeling a little bit PTSD, seriously. (laughs) I mean, I, the stuff that was going on around me, it was just, I couldn't believe it. So you know, I started trying to get myself interested in other things. Like I, I, I decided to um, go to a tea party meeting because I thought, why did they get targeted? Why were they targeted? You know, why did the FBI go out, the IRS go after them? What, what, what's the deal here? I wanted to start finding answers. I go to a tea party and they're the most wonderful people, the most positive people in the world and patriots galore. And it was a very wonderful uh, tea party rally. And then I discovered election integrity project. They had a table up there and they were discussing it. Okay. So, and that's the uh, third one here, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. Sorry. I'm just trying to get that open for you folks. Yeah. So I decided, you know what, this looks interesting. So I got involved with them with Ruth, Ruth Weiss and Linda Payne. Okay. They were the ones that were heading it up and they'd been doing this for like 10 years. Okay, so anyhow, what I did was in the 2018 elections, uh, my job was to be like the crew uh, leader. I had about 10 10 people that I uh, sent out to all the polls, okay, up in the mountains here in this area. We had like 14 polls. I had about 10 people. And what I did was I broke it up. I made the schedule to where each person got two to three polls that they got to cover throughout the day. So nobody got too bored and they could, they could hit all the polls and kind of be out and about. But my whole thing was I wanted to see whatever errors they're coming up with. I wanted to see if it was consistent. Like if, if it was just one person who came up with an error or whether it was all three people that visited these different sites at different times of the day, that was my objective. Okay. And so what they did was they reported what they did was they would basically uh, uh, observe and then they would report on their, their little reports. And we were using that as backup uh, for election integrity. Uh, we were using that as backup for the judicial watch, Tom Fitton um, uh, lawsuit that he had against, that we were putting together for California because the voter fraud was just, just absolutely rampant. There were too many problems. Is that the uh, Los Angeles one? Oh, yeah, that is uh, Tom Fitton. Um, yes. Here, I'm just trying to, okay, we're skipping over some of these links, so I'm just trying to show them on okay. screen for folks. So uh, California California and Los Angeles County to remove 1.5 million inactive voters from voter rolls. Settled ju- Judicial Watch federal lawsuit. Yep. Yes. And so what happened was... Um, that was supposed to be a model for all the other 58, you know, the 57 counties. Uh-huh. And so everyone got notice that, okay, you know what? We're blowing the whistle. You got a problem here. And really, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, that was just the least. In other words, they weren't going to fight this because that was the least of the problems. You know what I'm saying? It's like when somebody comes at you and takes a, a piece of the problem, doesn't take the whole big thing you're more likely to agree to that and say, okay, fine. We'll right. Take care. Right. Right. So, um, so what's happening though is um, 
there's no way that they could have gotten all the voter stuff cleaned up and they admit it. They couldn't get it cleaned up by the 2020 election. Uh, but they started working at it, you know, sending out cards and trying to see if they got something back. If they didn't get something back, they take the person off the voter roll. Okay. So, you know, that was a small victory, but what it was was shining the light on a problem and, and getting it out there so people could see, hey, we got a problem here because you don't hear about it. You really don't hear about it. Uh, election integrity, um, doing that project for me was a real eye opener. Um, and actually, you know what, going and working the polls was even a bigger eye opener because you are really getting into the belly of the beast at that point, <laughs> you know, so to speak. But um, anyhow, working with election integrity and then seeing that victory with Tom Fitton, that's what kind of led me to the next thing. I wanted to go, I went to the classes uh, for the uh, poll worker for San Bernardino offered those classes. And by the way, I think everyone should uh, take those classes. I don't care if you work the polls or not, take the classes, know what they're telling the poll workers. Take the supervisor class, let, them, let people start learning what they're telling the supervisors. It's important that we start understanding and learning about our election process. Because see, when they're doing things in broad daylight, you don't know it unless you know what to look for, unless you educate yourself. So anyhow, um, I uh, decided to uh, work the polls after a couple of elections with election integrity and handling all that, getting all the errors in. And uh, the biggest error, by the way, I want to go back. The biggest error was in 2018, they had like a 240% increase in uh, uh, having to do provisional voting because ballots were not making it to mail mailboxes. They were not making it. But that's and, Trump's fault. Well, no, no, it isn't. I, I, I'm, I'm teasing. I know you're being facetious. But what I did was um, because the mail was not coming, people were getting very, very angry um, uh, during that election because what happened was they had to vote provisionally and they didn't want to. So I went to the post office that same day. I cut out and I had one of my people cut out and check another post office up here. I went down to the post office. I said, do you have ballots sitting around here? It's election day. Do you have ballots that you have not uh, delivered? And she goes, well, yeah, because we didn't get them in time. I said, really? I said, okay. And I left it at that. Obviously, I can't run back there and get my camera and start taking pictures and, you know, documenting all this. Couldn't do that. But you know what? I kept that for my, you know, in my notes, I put that in there. And sure enough, my other, the gal that went to the other one, the same thing. They, they said that they didn't get them in time. That's why they weren't getting delivered. But this happened across California because I had a friend working uh, the polls, which he does every election. And he told me it was an absolute circus in Riverside because he said, you know what? We got bombarded. All these people that usually, um, you know, just vote by mail, they got bombarded because they didn't get their ballots in the mail. So it wasn't just a little mountain community. It was happening across. It was <clears throat> happening across the board. In fact, um, yeah, that was one of the things that triggered um, the lawsuit uh, with uh, uh, Judicial Watch because there were tons of people in LA that right. were getting ballots. <clears throat> 
Well, yeah. and regarding this whole U.S. postal thing and the fake news blaming Trump, I mean, there is a reason why they're called fake news. But I want to read this, and I posted it about six hours ago on my Facebook page, and uh, this was sent over by my mom this morning. Uh, number one, Trump did not get rid of the former U.S. Postmaster General. She <laughs> retired. Trump did not appoint the new U.S. Postmaster General. He was voted in by the board of the U.S. Postal Service governors. Three, processing plants have been shutting down and consolidating for years. And yes, it's part of a, it's, and yes, part of that process involves dismantling equipment, which is most often reassigned to another processing facility utilized there. Some machines are dismantled and are not reused because like everything else, they wear out and eventually aren't worth fixing. Uh, number four, yes, mailboxes in some areas have are being removed. Why? Because mail volume in some areas has gone down, whereas in other areas, like the greater Seattle area, mail volume has recently increased. But with this too, has uh, this too has been going on for years, and as many as 14,000 mailboxes were removed during the Obama administration. Where was the outcry then? And like Trump, and, and Trump has nothing to do with removal of the mailboxes now. Obama had nothing to do with the removal of the mailboxes then. And uh, let's see, the U.S. Postal Service didn't, uh, you, the U.S., sorry, the U.S. Postal Service processing plant in Everett, Washington, handled all of the regional mail from the south border of Snohomish County, to the U.S.-Canadian border, it closed in 2013 as part of planned consolidation. True, it was not initially to be the first plan in Washington to close, but that's how it turned out. The media had a field day with this closure and announced more than 300 employees would lose their jobs. How many actually lost their jobs? Zero. The U.S. Postal Service is not in debt at least not in the sense that almost all other large U.S. businesses are. Well, let's see, does the U.S. Postal Service have loans? Yes. Are they in default on those loans? No. Seven, let's see, is and has the U.S. Postal Service been losing money for more than a decade now? Yes, but not for the reason most people think, and certainly not for the reasons the media reports. You know, and the, the left spends literally freaking everything to be about Trump, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, Obama and Biden had kids locked up at the border with their parents and suddenly Trump is a racist because kids are locked up, even though that, you know, and Trump is a racist for building the wall, even though Obama said that they needed a wall. The truth is the Postal Service is not losing money because of Amazon or any other technical tech company or technological advance is society. It's losing money because in 2006, Congress passed a law forcing it to prepay its pensions and health care benefits for exactly. 75 years in advance. Exactly. No other corporation, whether in government or in the private sector, has to do this. The U.S. Exactly. Postal Service has appealed this decision every year since during every administration, including the Obama administration, you dimwit liberals, and the shift in Congress, and it has never been repealed. 
This means the pensions and the health care benefits for people who have yet to be hired or even born in the <laughs> born, the U.S. Postal Service is required to pay and lock up every month in advance. Who bills them? Congress. Who controls Congress? The Democrats. Hello, people. It's exactly. not Trump. Try to pull your head out your little and it's butt a union. there. And it's, it's a, a union. union. And and they do so. And, and do they do so accurately? No. Many times Congress has overcharged the U.S. Postal Service the monthly amount they are to pay. Has the U.S. Postal Service ever been refunded the difference? No. So, believe it or not, with this law, the U.S. Po the Postal Service would be turning a profit without this law. Number eight, when the federal government outlawed other businesses to handle the packages, uh, package business, oh, wait, uh, sorry, I misread that. When the federal government allowed other businesses to handle the packages business, DHL, FedEx, UPS, etc., these companies took the most profitable profitable business and left the U.S. Postal Service with the least profitable delivery to every household in the U.S. and all U.S. territories and even Puerto Rico and Guam. Regardless of the cost of delivery, believe it or not, the Havasupai tribe, I've been there, that lives on the floor of the Grand Canyon receives first-class mail and packages delivered by mules. No joke, folks. I've been there. That is in the middle of nowhere. No private company wants this business or any business for 55 cents to deliver door to every door in America, no matter the distances between the customers. Uh, Trump's Treasury Department did loan the U.S. Postal Service $10 billion at the end of July. Why do they need it? In addition to the reasons I already mentioned above, the coronavirus pandemic, it shouldn't even be called a pandemic, the coronavirus hoax has had a significant negative effect. Trump has twice said he would immediately sign and sign a stand-alone bill to provide even more funding, but the Democrats in Congress, again the Democrats folks, will not present a bill that does not include other stipulations such as stimulus checks provided to illegal aliens, mandatory voting by mail nationwide, and bailouts for the blue states with cities that have been damaged by rioting. Again, Democrat fault. And then two more points here. Every major private package delivery service utilizes infrastructure of the U.S. Postal Service somehow, some way, on a daily basis. The private carriers simply do not have the capability of handling all their deliveries from end to end, without having the U.S. Postal Service help them out at some point. But the U.S. Postal Service is limited by Congress concerning the amount the U.S. Postal Service is allowed to charge these private carriers, and they are getting a heck of a deal. And then the last one, this is perhaps the most unknown of all, the U.S. Postal Service is self-funding. Yes, that means it is not funded by U.S. taxpayers. This has been true since the mid-1980s. The U.S. Postal Service revenue is earned, just like every other business, via sales of products and services. Any money given to the U.S. Postal Service by the federal government is in the form of loans that must be paid back. And they are they low-interest federal loans? Yes, but why shouldn't they be? 
So again, you know, the media twists all of this and says that the, you know, for voter fraud, Trump is doing all of this stuff. This is all smoke and mirrors, folks, that, you know, and, and I had some, some guy, Jay, uh, at the start of the show, uh, post something. Oh, it's the Republicans doing all of this to suppress black and minority votes. That's a complete lie. That's fake news reporting this stuff to trick people who don't investigate and fact check anything for themselves into believing total rubbish and nonsense. And by the way, the Republican Party was founded primarily by blacks in 1854 as the anti-slavery party. The Democrat Party was the slave master's party. Go ahead. Back to you, Kathleen. Um, I agree with that stuff. Yeah, um, definitely agree. Um, okay, so when I start, I decided after all I was seeing, I thought, you know, I'm going to work the polls. So I did. I got in to work, work the polls. I was hired on, you know, there at 6 a.m. and don't get out till 930. And that was a very interesting thing, too. Um, the supervisor was 20 minutes late. OK, and she was a first time supervisor that they hired for this. This was the largest precinct up here. Um, this polling location had 12, you know, 12 precincts to it. So it was the largest up here. Um, and so what happened was um, the first thing that you're really supposed to do, something I learned because I took the supervisor's class as well, because I wanted to know what they're telling the supervisors to do. The first thing you're supposed to do is balance all of those ballots, those blank ballots that, that come sealed. You're supposed to balance that to the spreadsheet, okay? Like the inventory sheet. That, that was not done and I kept saying, don't we need to do this? And oh, well, we're down two people. Two people didn't show up. And the ROV did not replace those people for us. None of us could take a break. We had to stay at our station because we were down two people. They had people uh, on standby that they could have brought over, but they didn't. And by, way, by the way, a service is the one that does the elections, at least here in San Bernardino. I don't know about the other counties, but there's a service, an outside service that does the elections. Okay, <clears throat> long story short, after all was said and done, finally at the end, um, it's nine o'clock at night. She has these other two people um, that have, you know, seasoned poll workers go ahead and, you know, reconcile the ballots to the uh, inventory sheet. Now, see, it says in the supervisor manual, she's supposed to do it with somebody else, right? She stepped out of it. These two people did it. You know, you have to sign off on everything. It just gets real technical. 50 ballots were missing from the no party preference. Now, I know it didn't happen during the day because none of us could leave our stations. It didn't happen. These things came sealed. Everything was sealed up, taped up, okay? That means somehow 50 ballots were taken out before they were given to us, to our polling place. And I said, oh, okay. You know, see, as an election integrity worker, I wasn't just a poll worker, I was also observing everything that was going on, which helped me tremendously because working the poll helps you to start learning what to look for, you know what I'm saying? And so anyhow, those 50 ballots were missing 
they had me and this other person uh, leave at about a quarter to 10. And they said, okay, well, you, you can leave now. And so I did. I don't know what happened with those 50 ballots. You kind of like, you don't see those people again. You just kind of like dissipate. But I can see how it is that ballots get stuffed because they get blank ballots and then they could fill them out later. That's why it takes all this time, I'm sure. That's why it takes two weeks or a month to get numbers. Or else they wait and see how many ballots do I need to take this, take this election. Oh, I've got these ballots on hand. You know, I mean, I never witnessed them filling them out, but you know, it's starting to make sense to me. I'm starting to see. And I'll tell you the other thing, every single county has a different printer, somebody who prints up the ballots. And these people that print up the ballots, you know, they have to go through a, um, a whole process of, of getting certified, like there's a certification process that they go through. But, they're, but each county designs their own ballot, okay? So they don't have like a consistency thing going throughout the state of California. It's all different. And you know, who's there auditing or, or tracking what these uh, ballot producers are doing? Who, who's out there actually uh, regulating that? You know, there's just not the transparency. We don't know, as an auditor, I, I, I remember one time I caught somebody with a second set of books because he accidentally put his second register tapes accidentally into the source document box <laughs> that I was looking looking at and suddenly saw this other source document and said, hey, you've got another register, don't you? So how do we know? How do we know that they're not producing extra ballots? You know what I'm saying? I mean, who's so lying? now, and that was just in this district, the 50 ballots were missing. Yeah, so then that, if you spread that across, what was there, like 33,000 districts across California? You know what? I could not verify that because when I went to the website, the ROV, SOS, you know what? That should be readily available information for anybody to find. Guess what? It's not there. Wow. Do you know, do you know trying to find out how many precincts we have across California I sent them an email. I have not got an answer back. I sent them an email. I said, I want to know how many polling places we had in 2018 across California. I'd like to know how many precincts we had. How many precincts in the state of California and also how many in San Bernardino? Because I wanted to extrapolate for myself. There were 50 missing ballots at one polling place that had 12 precincts in it. Now, okay. how do you so? And then, of course, the Democrats want this mail-in thing, but the masks are supposed to work, so there's no need for that. But uh, we'll see the thing. And and here I'm I'm st I'm trying to keep up with you with these uh, links and searches that we have to share. Okay. So uh, U.S. Po uh, Postal Service software issues lead to ballot problems. So uh, you know. So w what can you say about this search? And apparently, all of the so-called, uh, you know, the ballots that are sealed in these envelopes, the envelopes are marked with a D or an R rather than being totally anonymous. Okay, well, here, here's what's happening. That happened in Florida. In Florida, a, a, a voter noticed that it had a D or an R in it, you know, depending. Her husband, I guess, was a, a Republican. She was a Democrat or vice versa. And she noticed it. On there. Then I started poking around because I thought, okay, so what's happening here? Well, 
I, because of the fact that they do everything slightly different by each county in California, there is somebody from San Diego that said in the primaries, yeah, it's written out. It's not even hidden, it's written out. And she believes it is on the outside of the envelope. See, confidentiality, having a, a right to a private vote is all lost when you do this uh, vote by mail, especially when you're forcing it on people. It's like, I'm not saying that the post office is, is that they got nefarious stuff going on, but they are union, okay? They are union. And Which means they're going to be Democrat-leaning. Yes, they're Democrat-leaning, and I'll tell you something. It doesn't mean every employee there is a Democrat. No, it no, because a lot of them work hard. It means that they're socialists by nature. Yeah, but you put a piece of bacon in front of a dog, you know, and <laughs> say, you know, leave it alone. You know, if somebody has a leaning and it's written out there on the outside of an envelope, come on. I, I think that, first of all, nothing should be identifying at all. And, you know, I don't like the fact that people's signatures are out there and the fact that when that goes into the uh, ROV, that somebody is making a decision if they accept your signature or not. You know, but on the other hand, the other side of the coin is there's been a lot of stuff caught by Election Integrity Project where stuff was either not signed or there's an X there and some signature supposedly witnessing it. We don't know. There's no integrity in that. It's like an oxymoron, you know, when it comes to election integrity, when, when you have that kind of stuff going on, I, you know, I, yeah, I think voter ID at the polling places, <laughs> you so, know, and then rare, rare cases the other way. And then uh, non-uniform election procedures in 58 counties. Yes non it's non-uniform i you know what it kind of just it's very unauditable you know what i mean it's very very time consuming very difficult to try to audit that if you wanted to go in and really do an audit it would not be feasible and one thing i and found everybody out, thinks that it would be really easy to do and then it's regulated and every place is the same and Yada, yada. But, you know, I mean, it obviously should be. Well, I think uniformity would help a, a great deal. I know that there's different nuances everywhere, but I think having like a, a standard sort of format, you know, but then maybe there's there's a reason that everything's different in every single county. Everything's right. different. Well, I mean, um, well, but I mean, voting is done the same in every single county. So correct. why would you need... You know, a person goes and punches holes and drops it in a, an envelope and then sticks it in a box. So that shouldn't be anything more than that. Exactly. And see, what happened with this uh, March election, another thing I wanted to say, $280 million was spent by the state on this whole voting system that they put in, all brand new, okay? All brand new without one bit of input from the taxpayers, okay? They installed, and, and you know what, trying to audit what they're doing, that's a whole nother thing too. And then um, these, these electronic voting machines get hacked repeatedly. I'm sure you've heard those stories. Oh yeah, of course. And you know what they do? You know what they do? And uh, I just remember that first day, I mean, it was absolute chaos at the polls when I did my first time working there. I mean, this new system was in place uh, 
try, what happened was we lost power because good old California. You know how California is. We lost power and you have to have power to get those machines up and rolling. I just, I don't believe that there is like, you know, you can't really, you can't get ahead of, of the game. Like, you know, we, we want to have all this electronic stuff and have all this stuff computerized. But then when you have a government that shuts down power right and left, right. it's like, you know what, you, you can't have that. Well, the road to hell that. is paved with convenience, you know. Well, yeah. But anyhow, yeah, we had, we, it was, it was quite a, a stumbling block there, but, um, so anyhow, um, so yeah, the different vendors, uh, are used for all the different counties and you know what? They are union. The, these, uh, printers, I found out that they are union. <laughs> okay. That's another thing. Wow. So the what union- about, go ahead. So, so what about election interference issues? Okay, well, I'd like to talk about Google. Do you know, there was a, um, a Project Veritas. I know you know about Project Veritas. Sure. Well, they did an undercover uh, investigation. And, you know, honestly, uh, Google employees reacted the same way as Board of Equalization employees. <laughs> My last uh, year that I was there, I told you everyone was so strange. Well, everyone flipped out at Google, okay? The thing is, they are very heavily involved in elections. The way they throttle things, the way they uh, uh, suppress the you know conservatives, and then everything is for the left. In the way they are, um, and that's this. That's two weeks ago that this Republican senator uh, caught and explained election interference, conservative blacklist, and search results. Yeah, well, that's a very real thing, and they they. Basically, Google knows it, and the poor guy that blew the whistle on it, boy, they came after him. Uh, he even had to make himself a little kill switch, <laughs> just in case. But uh, you know what? They came after him, and uh, I guess he's still around. He's just doing a simpler life. He left his job at Google, but um, boy, they hunted him down. Now, why do you suppose, and of course, this is all Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals crap, but... Why do you suppose that the left is always, and it's not to say that there are, have never been any Republican voter fraud scandals. I've got some pulled up over here on the screen that I'll show later. But yeah. the, the majority of these big things are done by leftists. Facebook is left. Twi- you know, uh, Jack Dorsey at Twitter is a leftist. These are staunch leftist communist uh, organizations that promote you know, heavy communist socialist agendas. Yeah. So, so why do you why do you think that it's mostly uh, the left behind it? And why do you think they constantly, I guess I'm kind of answering it in the question, but well, why, well, no, why are they constantly baiting and switching it onto the Republicans? Okay, well, first of all, they have an ideology, okay? And it's gone further left. I noticed that when I was working inside the government, they were always lefty but they've pushed further over lefty. Right. Uh, and, and you know what? It's a control thing. It's a, it's a power thing. It's a control thing. And the thing is people are paid off. There's people that are threatened. People, people go along with this because they're afraid that, that that's a big part of it, but they're bullies. The left are a bunch of bullies. Okay. And it's pretty much apparent, especially the way they acted after that election. But, you know, it just became more amplified. But 
you know, why do I think they're like that? Because they're going for, they are going for that one, that one order. They're, they're being funded. Ask who's being funded. Who is Pelosi, the four families that have taken charge of California for 80 years? Who is behind these people? Who is funding all of this? There's a giant agenda, okay? And it's a very, very organized, uh, a very, very well-organized, orchestrated agenda that's going on. And it's, it's no surprise when you look at uh, what's going on in the blue states, what's going on with them right now, they have been packed between the courts, the city council, the school board, the governors, the mayors. You know what? It's like they're all in line. They're all in line. And that's how they stay in power. Right. Because it's a good old boy system there, too. Right. And if you, if you don't. If you don't go along with the program, you're out. I felt like an outsider working inside uh, the state government. I really did. So I'm going to I'm going to show a couple of uh, websites on screen here while you're well, let me talk for a second. So this one is uh, the Daily Signal database swells to twelve hundred eighty five proven cases of voter fraud in America. That's from May 9, 2020. And I think it's probably a lot more than that. But those are the proven proven ones. And then we have the voter fraud map. And uh, or this is heritage.org, voter fraud. And then uh, you can search by state how many different uh, convicted, uh, you know, cases of voter fraud there have been. Valid petition fraud, false registrations, buying votes, ballot petition fraud again, ineligible voting. So this goes on and on here. And uh, I'm just showing California on here, but we can select, uh, let's take a uh, mostly conservative state. I don't know. Let's take Tennessee. And uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Well, here's Tennessee, you know, well, there's only a handful of cases here, 2005 to 2019, they have uh, 10 convicted cases, buying votes, ineligible voting, false registrations, uh, illegal assistance at polls, miscellaneous, and uh, impersonation fraud at polls. And Mary Lou Simpson was convicted of that in 2005. Brian K. Wormy Hodge, good name was criminally convicted for buying votes. Uh, let's see here. Arkansas is at the top, so we'll look at that really quickly. And uh, we only have three in Arkansas since 2002. Larry Gray, criminal convi conviction, fraudulent use of absentee ballots. Huh. And mm -hmm. then 2012, fraudulent use of absentee Ballots, buying votes, criminal conviction, David Pruitt, duplicate voting, and that was 2016. So interestingly, is it, I, I wonder how many red states, red state convictions there are compared to uh, blue state convictions. I okay, well, the blue, you know what, I'll tell you, the Democrats have cheated for decades. That's just how they roll. That's just well, I, I agree with you, you know, and I've exposed on this show for years how the left is actually Satanism, but that's a whole other topic that goes way deep that's not, uh, you know, well, Satan, yeah. is the, Satan is the father of all lies. But, um, you know, I, just really quickly, I want to cover a couple of these, then I'll pass it back over to you. Kansas Republican 
Representative Steve Watkins charged for voter fraud. And that was uh, a month ago, a month, five weeks ago. So it's not just Democrats that do it. Occasionally, uh, Republicans do it as well, a lot less often, apparently. And Mm -hmm. then uh, this is, I'm sure that's the same one. Okay. Well, you know what? Remember that that whole little phrase, it takes a village? (laughs) Right. Remember that? Well, see... The thing is, as you're going on, it's like it's it's these these laws, the major laws that are affecting voting in California, for instance, that are facilitating this. Right. There's laws passed 2013. Illegals get a driver's license. 2015, the new motor voter law will they automatically uh, register somebody. 2016, a ballot harvesting is enabled. You see how it's like all the laws. It, it takes a village. It takes everyone working together to create this fraud. And it, and it takes one village idiot to sign the laws into effect. Hold on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and in this state, we call, well, you call them new scum. I think I, I call them nuisance. But uh-huh. uh, uh, so uh, here's, here's one. This is from April 21, 2020. This is from the Daily Signal. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, for those out there who think voter fraud is a non-issue, 15 election results that were thrown out because of fraudulent mail-in ballots. 15. And so uh, you scroll down here and they have a number of them. North Carolina Board of Elections uh, decertified the outcome of the 2018 race in the 9th Congressional District. Uh, 2018, Dennis Jones beat Tracy Gray uh, by one vote in a Republican primary. And then Tracy Gray ended up winning by 404 votes when the election was redone. Oh, that's typical. Yeah. Right. And then uh, 2018 <laughs> Texas case, Armando Okana seemingly won a runoff race with mayor in Mission, Texas, beating incumbent, incumbent Norberto uh, Beto Salinas after strong evidence emerged of Okana's campaign had bribed voters, blah, blah, blah. So that election was overthrown. Um, 2017, Eaton, Florida, Mayor Anthony Grant was convicted of felony. And uh, the governor governor uh, threw him out. And then uh, 2017, Alabama state judge reversed the result of a race for Wetumpka City Council, in which incumbent Percy Gill appeared to have won by three votes. Gill's opponent, Lewis Washington, contested the outcome. You know, it's like these people think if they lie just a little bit, they won't get caught. You got to tell a really big lie, like Hitler said, and then nobody will question it. Uh-huh. And exactly. then a uh, trial showed eight absentee ballots cast for Gill had either been for either had a forged signature or weren't notarized. And so 2016 race for mayor of Gordon, Alabama, uh, 2016 Missouri State Representative Penny Hubbard won the election. Uh, uh, 2016 Democratic primary primary in the state's 78th House District by just 90 votes. Her opponent, Bruce Frank Jr., contested the outcome over a lopsided absentee vote tally. And then uh, Frank won by 1,533 votes. So there's a Democrat. I, I guess that was a Democratic primary, primary, so they were both Democrats. But Democrats even defraud other Democrats. Oh, sure they do. I mean, of course they do. Don't you remember what happened in 2018? 
Well, here's here's what, this what one. Nice it, I, I I lived in Santa Ana in two in, in 1997 when uh, Robert K. Dornan and uh, Democrat Republican Lorna Sanchez, uh, and she was the Democrat. He was the uh, standing Republican, and then you know uh, it was a big hoopla. And in hindsight, they probably did do voter fraud on that, but yeah. But you know, you know how ugly it got, boy. They were they were having like I thought somebody was going to deck somebody, man. In the 2018 uh, gubernatorial races, do you remember? Do you remember what was happening? I mean, it was via via Ragosa. Oh, he was like saying, "I'm being cheated." You know, they're cheating me and all this other stuff. They yeah. do. They, they eat their own. That's what they like to do. Yeah. You know, they they will destroy their own. <laughs> so anyhow, it's pretty public. And you know, the unions. Like SEIU, the unions. Can we just talk about that as a machine? Because they're a huge machine. You know, they intimidate people. I remember having to go to these meetings and they just sit there and t- intimidate you and scare you, scare everybody. They say, if you vote Republican, you're going to lose everything. You Well, you know, the, the KKK was created by the Democratic Party to threaten yeah. black and white conservative voters from voting Republican because the exactly. Democrats were the slave party. Yeah. And they they literally created the KKK. And then when the Democratic Party or when the Republican Party was founded in 1854, it was founded because the Whig Party couldn't come to a consensus over whether they should be for or against slavery. So the Whig Party was entirely disbanded and the Republican Party came out as the anti-slavery party. And then uh, Abraham Lincoln was the first uh, Republican president voted, or Republican voted for president, and he was, of course, assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, a Democrat, for freeing the slaves. You know, so, but the KKK was created by Democrats to prevent people to threaten them and or murder them to keep them from voting Republican. Keep them down. Keep, keep them, them down. That's right. Yeah. So what about That's- major laws affecting voting in California? Okay. Can I, can I just say one thing about sure. the, the union before I go on to that? Sure. Okay. With the union, here's the deal. I think the reason things, I think things are becoming very fever pitched. I don't know if you feel it. I feel it very fever pitched right now. Um, I think because unions have been losing power uh, in 2012, uh, and I was working for the board when all this stuff was going down. In 2012, see, we were really ticked off that they were taking our money and giving it to the Democratic Party, the machine. They were giving it without taking into consideration, maybe I don't want my money going to the Democrats, maybe I'm a Republican. So what happened was, the unions were fighting it and fighting it. Finally, we got to the point where we were able to get an audit done on them. Of course, they, they tried to uh, stonewall it. An audit was done from some outside firm to find out how much of our dues were actually being taken from us and given to the Democratic Party. It was some crazy amount, like 40%. Well, long story short, they had to give us the option of not paying that 40% of our dues because it was going to a party that we didn't want. Because basically they were silencing us by forcing us to go along with their democratic machine. Then in 2018, oh my, 
Uh, the fights continued and finally it got to the point where there was a law passed that said they cannot force somebody to join the union in order to have a job with the state of California. Because see, we had to be, they were forcing us. Either we had to pay all the dues and not be a union member or we had to um, uh, pay the dues and be a member, but they wouldn't allow you to work for the state of California if you didn't pay dues or be a part of the union. So that got asked. So anyway, okay, so going on to laws that, 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 that kind of play into some of this voter fraud stuff, you asked earlier, it's ballot harvesting is the real, the big one. It's the ballot harvesting. Yeah, describe what that is. I've seen that term pop up a number of times. Okay, what happens is somebody, anybody, could go collect votes from any place, anywhere, and uh, be able to submit those in as valid votes, as valid ballots, okay? And what's happening is there is no integrity whatsoever in that. You don't know where those ballots came from. You have no idea. Right. You know, some of these people were going into, um, there's a lot of senior citizens' uh, homes around California. Some of these people were going in and harvesting ballots at senior citizens' place. And, you know, I don't know if you, I mean, we could get those numbers, but um, I think one time I had those numbers, but that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people throughout California. And um, I think that was abusive. <laughs> that was pretty much elder abuse. I don't think sh they should have been allowed to do that. But the harvesting, you just don't know where those ballots are coming from. Some were discovered in the 2020 election March they were just scribbling a name and then an X because they changed the laws and said that somebody who can't sign their name can put an X on those ballots. Okay. They can put an X wow. and then somebody could sign their name and say, Oh, I witnessed it. Well, they found tons of those. They, they found tons of those. Nobody knows where the ballots are coming from. This could be the ballots that are sitting and I hate to accuse, but I'm sorry. My mind goes there. What about the ballots that were at the post office that there was no place to send them to? Where did they go? Where's the transparency? You know what? Wouldn't that be a perfect little ballot harvesting uh, thing to do? I mean, um, you know, um, I think that, that the fact that they're not, they're really not traceable. There, there's really nothing tying that ballot into really anybody. Um, all the ballots, this is insane. I can't believe that uh, Newsom has made this an all mail-in ballot thing. He's mailing them to 20 million people. We don't know who these people are. Um, you that's, know. that's the idea. You know. We don't know. Well, the thing is, we don't know if they're dead. A lot of people left California. There's probably half a million people. Could, well, the California they, population has dropped by 5 million, even with the influx of illegal immigrants, because okay, so just, everybody's yeah. so fed up. Yeah, so think about the cluster screw that this is that this is causing. Right. I mean, think about what a mess. Right. And look at who's in the middle so, of the So, now, I saw a video the other day that somebody said this was the actual plan because, you know, in January... Uh, if if there's all of this voter fraud investigation going on, then uh, 
Trump and Pence have to step down and then Pelosi becomes president. I heard that. I heard about that. So, you know, know, if if there is no clear winner for the election, if they can drag it out with voter fraud and mail-in fraud and stuff for months, then uh, that works in the Democrats' favor. And then we get this, you know, bag of nuts, Nancy Pelosi as president. Well, see, I, I think throwing this kind of thing so close to the election, there should be consequences for Newsom for that. You you can't, you we have, what, 40 million people here in California, 40 million. We're the, what, second most populous, what, Texas might be bigger, bigger than that. To do this so close to an election, it's kind of like, you know, when you're talking about Alinsky, basically we're getting hit from all angles. We're getting hit from voting. We're getting hit from riots. We're getting hit from just everything. Yeah. And, from and, from yeah. public, they're, they're coming up with draconian stuff. I mean, we're going to end up like Austra- uh, Melbourne, Australia, if, right. if we don't like slow this train down. It's like <laughs> a runaway train. Um, all right. Now, so go on well you know so what were some of the major laws affecting uh, voting in california and then we had the ab60 driver's license thing yeah yeah we had the ab60 and uh that was in 2013 and if you look at how close together these dates are too 2013 15 16 it's like things that are affecting directly are voting um the illegals get a driver's license. And then they, when they go to re, uh, renew it, I think that they were even, they might've even, I don't even know. They, they were discovered. I mean, Alex Padilla did admit that there were illegals voting in our voting um, system, that they were registered to vote. Okay, so how's that happening? They're doing that at the DMV. Right, and yeah. uh, you know, and they should only be allowed to you know, have a, a verified real ID to be able to uh, vote, you know, Correct. but basically what, you know, what they did was they made standard driver's licenses for illegals only. And then anybody who was stuck with one, you know, that had one from before then, now you got a driver's license that's really only for illegals. Well, here's what's happening. We have the California Real ID. Did you get that? Yeah, I, 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 I basically it. had to. I, did, I have it too, because I had to renew anyway. Right. Okay, so everyone should have had the California real ID by now. They keep pushing the date back, pushing the date back, pushing it. California is not complying with that federal law. There was a federal law that said that we all got to have California real IDs. It should have been by now. I think the date kept changing. I, I forget what the dates were, but they kept changing. But we all should have had them by now. You know, that would resolve a lot of things. Right. Because you have to show everything. Well, they Birth should have never allowed, you know, uh, illegals to have driver's licenses in the first place. And that wouldn't have created the problem because everybody that used to have a driver's license, that was your ID that proved that you're a citizen. You yeah. know, and now in California, you have these stupid ammo laws where you got to do a background check to uh, buy ammo. And your normal California driver's license won't allow you to buy ammo. So you oh, have no. to have the real ID. Or get on a plane. Wasn't it you can't get on a plane without your Right, yeah. And then Maine, I think, was the only state where the governor totally rejected the whole thing. But, you know. um, All right, so let's go on to what's this uh, uh, SEIU local 1000 influence on elections. Okay, well, that's what I was talking about 
another arm of the Democratic Party, the union, because okay. they, are, they are very, very powerful. And I'll tell you what, they are, they are bullies. They are bullies. And um, you know what? People just kind of, you know, go in line with them uh, and, they, and they will call you out. If you're not one of them, they will call you out uh, publicly, <laughs> like if you're in a meeting. Or you know what they did is when, when a, a handful of us decided to opt out of, of our dues going to their political campaigns, um, what happened was they start doing a presentation about the dangers of people like us. Right. Because it's a crack in the dam. You're destroying, uh, you know, you're so selfish. I mean, all the words come back, right? You're selfish. You only care about yourself. Sounds you like COVID rhetoric. Oh, it's, just, it's a, you know what? If you really start analyzing, and I, I learned it from working inside the government, they're all the same verbiage. They use the same verbiage and in everything. Right. We got about 10 minutes left. So, uh, okay. Let's go through uh, what's what about fake voter registration and what did Judicial Watch find there? Okay, well there was fake voter registration there that you would find two and three people and see even Alex Padilla admitted to it. You would find two and three people, two or three um, uh, registrations for the same person. Now, how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? We don't know. You know why? Because there's no transparency. Because we cannot go in and do any uh, meaningful audit because they're they're pretty tight-lipped. I mean, you know what? It's like what's happening with Judicial Watch. If you ever talk to Tom Fitton or ever hear him, you know, trying to get any information out of these organizations is like pulling teeth. Right. It takes forever. But you know what? The DMV you know what, that is such a broken system. And you know what, uh, nobody can can really get in there and fix it. That's what they say. I think we just don't have the right people. But um, nobody can get in there and fix it. My kids were caught up in a DNV thing once. It's like you get caught in the net. They ended up just moving out of state. But, uh, like what, everybody else. Well, like all my friends, their kids, most of them are out of state because they gave up here. Yeah. They gave up. Well, what this is no longer a place to raise a family and whatnot. You know, this is no. a place where people without families beg for handouts and the people with families have to pay for all the handouts. So Exactly. So we're, we're losing, believe me, we're losing uh, almost a generation of youngsters. My, my generation's kids have left California. Yeah, yep. So, exactly. And, and just, you know, I hardly know anybody who's still, you know, I've had a, a number of good friends leave the state. Me too. So uh, Equifax hacked by China. Talk about that. Oh, remember that giant hack? Of course, they, it's a little blip in the news. 147 million Americans had their identities stolen. Okay. I've got a, a, a date uh, back there somewhere. Yeah, I've got it. I'm showing it on screen here. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? And then, um, what was it? A few months back. 20,000 uh, fake IDs in the first six months yes. of 2020. And that's just Chicago alone. Yeah, that's just what they caught. Right. We don't know what they, they didn't catch. Just like the DMV. We don't know how many illegals are, are registered as voters because we there's no transparency. Right. But anyway, so here's what's going on. 
this hack that happened in China, they've got all, all of our information and it's coming back. Why is it coming back? What are they using it for? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, what is it being used for? It's obviously, this is- Well, and then you have all these communist Democrats, and then you have the Communist People's Republic of China, and they're probably all, uh, you know, working hand in hand, helping uh, get ready for the next mass genocide. The left is- Well, like I said, it takes a village, right? It takes a village. Using it in that context, they're all working together, but it's not our benefit. Right. So- so anyhow, yeah, that Equifax hack, and then you start seeing all this stuff coming from China, originating from China, all these nice little fake IDs. Right. No so, surprise. Yeah. So so anyhow, and then the effect of a little... Okay, they, there was also another law. They allowed um, illegal aliens to vote in school boards. Well, let's talk about the school boards. Let's talk about the, the unions, the, the teachers' union. What is that? <laughs> You know, what is that? It's democratic machine. It's part of yeah. the democratic machine. So what did they do? They said, okay, well, illegals can vote in the school boards. Now, you didn't ask me if that was okay. You know, no, we're not being asked if that's okay, but but they're just imposing those laws. They're right. imposing those laws. Oh, and you're a racist if you don't want illegal immigrants. Oh, I'm a racist. Yeah. Yeah. So so what it is, it's what I call it is a crack in the dam. What they do is they create these cracks in the dam, these laws. Oh, well, they can vote in the school board. So it's not a far cry to start saying, oh, they can vote in, you know, the the primaries. Oh, well, why not? You know, they're here too. They're they're citizens. They're part of the USA, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? They're just ignoring laws. Just like when I was working for the state, suddenly there were no taxpayer privacy laws. There were no laws about you know, the, the ethics that we were supposed to follow as auditors, suddenly everything starts dissipating. The right. same thing's happening. It's happening in the blue states. They're ignoring the laws and they're do, it's a free for all. So, and you know, the unauditability or, t- or taking, uh, being accountable for what's going on in these government controlled entities, they keep growing. You know, in the board of equalization, did you know um, what they do? Here's how they operate. What they do is they hire on a whole new department, whole new entity, so that their buddies can all get promoted to all the high positions in these new entities. And they're all overlapping. They're doing this. Right. People are knocking elbows. Hey, that's that's my area. And, and it's like they, they put in these people that do not have the qualifications or the degrees. They're hiring their buddies, their friends, their mothers, their, you know, all of their relations. The, the nepotism is rampant. This is what they do. They keep growing these organizations. Okay. So while you and me, we struggle, we got to pay our bills. They just keep growing the organizations overlapping. You don't need all these people. They're all getting benefits. So let's, let's talk about this really quickly. And we've only got about five minutes left. Poll 13% of illegal aliens admit that they vote. Yes. Yeah. That was a poll and um, they're admitting it. And so if you think about it, why wouldn't you want to? Because, you know, there's laws that are affecting you that you can get more services, more state services. You want to get those fake IDs, too, when you come over because you can't get anything without the fake IDs. Right. right? It's a business, Jan. It's an underground business. 
They buy and sell. And meanwhile, they, they undermine everybody that worked their butts off to get here legally, right? Well, of course, they, they don't care. The thing is, they want to get on our system. Right. And they and they milk the system, correct? They milk the system. So and what so do you, thing- you so the DMV, the Democratic machine, is that is that the one you were already talking about? Yeah, I already talked about the Democrat, the DMV, the Democratic machine, part of the machine. And I, I look at it like uh, it's kind of like an octopus. That's how I see it. Social Security, too. Why isn't Social Security Administration going through their files and doing a complete audit and doing a purge? Right. Because you know what? The Social Security numbers, I know that they're being used by illegals. California audits DMV for 100,000 voter registration errors. Wow. And that's from March 2019. That is a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, wow. Yeah, well, see, it's too close. The, the election is happening in a couple months. This we're not ready for twenty million mail-in voters right. to Definitely. be sent out when we're sitting here, kind of like hobbling. Basically, we're hobbling. We're not ready for this. Um, they had plenty of time to get ready, but we're not ready for this. And and I'll tell you. You know, there's Democrats that say, well, it's mostly two-thirds Democrat anyway. Well, that's really not true. Well, no, that's only the cities. The rest of the state is red, you know, and that's what they don't want to admit. You got people that live in cubicles and get their food out of wrappers that, you know, that think that the whole rest of the state and the world needs to think like them. And, uh, you know, the rest of us living out in the mountains or somewhere are not like the cubicle dwellers, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So now, let's let's cover these last few points here. We got to wrap it up here. Okay. Um, I just want to say that the loss of American voices is how we end up here. It's how we end up with um, draconian measures. You know, the red states are happy. They're going about their business. Their state's not falling apart. Kids are in school. Everyone's happy, but not in the, the blue states. And you know what? Losing our voices uh, through voting and everything else, and also through lack of education and being involved in our voting system. This is how we get here. And I want to say I'm hoping people are waking up and realizing that this is not normal. Our way of life right now is not normal. Yeah, and, and they want to, you know, it's the new normal. I mean, no, if you repeat uh, that phrase, you're a freaking moron. Yeah, no, this is not normal. In fact, it's detrimental to your health. And, and well-being and your kids and, and it's yeah. social engineering and, and you're a moron if you go along with it. It's a psychop and you're exactly you're, right. You're being, you're being a very Oops. bad parent. Right. Exactly. I saw this this father and his kid or maybe grandfather and little kid. Little kid was probably four or five. Oh, no. Walking downtown today. Nobody else around. And this little four year old had a freaking mask on. See, that's abuse. That is child abuse. And I almost pulled over and yelled out at the guy, take the mask off the kid. You know, I don't want to see your child abuse. You, you know, know that, doctors, that that kind of crap really pisses me off. You know, you know something, Jan, doctors and also science professors, they all say children, you know, these you can't put masks on them. It's wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's child abuse. And, uh, you know, it's it's nonsense. And I've looked I've read the studies. I've looked at the studies on mask efficacy, which is very low. You know, for obese people, which have a much higher rate of carrying viruses and dispersing viruses, yeah, make obese people wear the mask. But the rest of us who are normal, we shouldn't be out there wearing them, you know, and uh, what we need for our immune systems is fresh air. But um, if you're, if, if you know, if you don't have symptoms or anything else, you have no business 
wearing a mask and especially putting on uh, putting masks on small children. So well, I hope for a great awakening. I hope that everyone's going to wake up soon and realize that we can't continue. This is not sustainable. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and people need to wake up that this is, in fact, a Marxist coup. Yes, it is. And I've been saying it for months and I've been called a moron by old friends for daring to say it, you know. No, and, you're not. And they wouldn't even dare look at the facts. But uh, I really appreciate your... Cognizant dissonance. Cognitive dissonance, correct. And, you know, I, I really appreciate your time tonight, Kathleen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And, of course, you know, my show is always throttled in shadow bands, so we try to get around it as much as possible. But uh, we'll see if we get any traction for this episode you know, they, they usually try to do whatever they can to uh, keep me quiet. Well, so. Jan, you're awesome, and thank you for fighting the good fight. And thank you so much, and uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Thank you also for those who donated uh, during the week, uh, Mike uh, Fernandez, and there was a few others who sent donations directly after the show. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to those of you who uh, supported in the uh, Super Chats tonight and everything else. I have no idea if Google actually turns that money over. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Next week, we're going to have Steve Jones back. He's dis discovered even more about the behavioral sink and what he, he revealed in the uh, Tiny Tim episode with him a couple months ago. So I'm excited to have him back next week. And then I believe Constance Combe is going to be back the week after that. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and have a good night. Bye-bye.